Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to one-year-old Isaiah, Amir, you are not the father. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. How are you guys doing? Hope you're doing well. I'm like in a lighter mood. I think partially it's because of the weather, um, spring and specifically springtime in New York is just like the best, best thing ever. Highly recommend. Um, but I also have as like part of my uh, treat yourself 2022 tour I decided to because my birthday was not too long ago to get myself a uh, tarot card reading my first I really haven't done anything outside of like the you know um, high school lock-in palm reading sort of thing Um, but it's always been very interesting to me I love astrology and all that stuff so this was like a really fun experience Um, her name was Erin Smith Erin K. Smith if you guys are interested um, it is Vardo Tarot V-A-R-D-O Tarot Um, and I got it off a recommendation from Casey Wilson from (laughs) Bitch Says she was talking about it on one of the episodes and I'm like you know what I'm gonna go for it and I did Am I going to tell you guys uh, what she told me? No, because, I mean, look at the title of this podcast. But um, suffice to say, it was really good. It was really like, you know, I was feeling like a true renewal, you know, just like really renewed and, and refreshed. And, you know, if nothing else, if you're not into the that whole woo woo spiritual realm thing, I think, you know, I could say that I took out of it just like 
you know, it's almost, it could be almost like therapy in a way, you know, and it felt good. So I'm going to take that because it felt good. Right. And that's, that's my mantra for 2022. Just do all the things that feel good. Right. Um, yeah. So let's get into the episode. I think it might be like a little bit on the mini side. I don't know. I got a whole list of things on the docket. We'll see. We'll see. You know, I often say that I'm not going to talk for too long about something. And then two hours later, I've, I've spiraled and I'm not even talking about the original thing. So it's anyone's guess. You're just uh, on this ride with me. So join me because it's, <laughs> it's going to be bumpy. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's start off with our Can I Get a Hell Yeah segment. It's going to be for a few things. One, no Kanye and Kim news, you guys. Okay? That's a hell yeah for us all. Not that I could, not that there was nothing to talk about. It's just that, like, (laughs) I think we're going to take a break. Much like Instagram, I've decided to take a 24-hour break from Kanye. And, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. You know what? No, I'm going to talk about something because something did bother me now that I think about it. Um, what's going on with the Grammys? So apparently it came out this week or in the past couple days that, and I'm just like riffing right now. I, you know, usually have like notes or something, but this is just like me right off the dome, just sharing my thoughts about this Kanye and the Grammy situation. So, um, Kanye had been, uh, uninvited from the Grammys. Now, nobody knew that he had been invited in the first place. The first news that we got about him performing was when we found out that he wasn't going to be performing any longer. Um, uh, from what I remember, people in his team were like, yeah, we kind of expected this to happen. Um, of course, the reason for this is like his online behavior um, and they don't want to put him on a telecast and you know, (laughs) who knows what might be coming out of his mouth. Right. Um, So here's my thing. It's not really so much to Kanye, but it kind of is because I was under the impression that Kanye had not been to the Grammys in like several years, I believe since 2015. And he basically said that the Grammy Academy can kiss his ass and that they're fake and fraud and what have you. So things that jump out at me from this story, jump out at me from this story. Um, Kanye is deeply insecure. <laughs> Newsflash. And that he is scrambling. The ship is sinking and the USS Isis is going down big time because it's shocking to me that he like had this whole anti-Grammy campaign and yet now he wants to come back and perform, which to me leads me to believe that he knows that people really aren't that interested in his music anymore and that he needs a platform of of the Grammys to get back in the good graces, which I think is a little bit of some punk shit, right? <laughs> but also it's like I'm side-eyeing the hell out of the Grammys because, um, ma'am, sir, um, whoever's at the Recording Academy, he's been acting like this for quite some time. <laughs> he's publicly and um, unequivocally denounced the entire Recording Academy and the Grammys award show. So this to me feels like, oh, maybe we'll um, take advantage of a situation. And then they were like, oh, you know what? This is really becoming more of a liability than we were even prepared for. Um, Which I just think is also like pretty lame because he's been, like I said, engaging in this dangerous behavior for quite some time. Okay. Um, We didn't all want to see it. And I get that. But also 
you know, at the end of the day, when we're talking about these big institutions, it's money and it's power and, you know, it's the respect of, of the, the academy, right? So even on that note, I would think, like, you guys shouldn't be taking him back because he, like, dissed you, like, you know, like, they're, like, he is the Tristan to their Chloe. So don't take him back, you know? But anyway, I wasn't going to talk about this, so let's move on. Um, to, like I said, can I get a hell yeah? Um, two things. First of all, the Grand Dame. Real Housewives of Potomac's Karen Huger just announced her two-part spinoff uh, called um, Karen's Grand Dame Reunion. I love this. <laughs> I, I'm interested in why it was only given two parts, but I'm not going to be too disappointed about that because I'm, fingers crossed, hoping, hoping that that two-part series gets us right into the next season of Potomac. And you guys, I am struggling so hard with Bravo right now. (laughs) Like I am struggling. I can't, they, the people over at programming, the schedule, we got to mix it up with the housewives because like, you can't be, it's like feast or famine for me. I'm not somebody who really loves Orange County. I'm not really somebody who loves New Jersey. And so to have them both on at the same time, back to back, it's just like, I'm trudging through these episodes. I'm not finding that I'm enjoying them. And I'm not like having fun. Whereas like, we can get Atlanta, uh, Potomac, and you know, uh, New York all at the same time. And it's almost too overwhelming. Um, you know, save for the last season with New York, it's almost too overwhelming to have just banger after banger. And remember like a couple months ago when we were like, gosh, we're we're, like overwhelmed with how good these shows are, but now just like crickets, (laughs) it's really crickets over here. And I don't like it. So back to Karen, I'm so excited. If you guys didn't know, you can see the trailer. It's on my Instagram at everyone's business, but mine and also my Twitter. The everyone's business, but my Twitter. Um, that's an EBBM podcast, by the way, uh, if you want to hit a quick follow. But yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be chronicling um, her journey back to Surrey County and trying to save the family farm. Um, there are some characters that we saw pop out on the screen I'm excited about. Um, there was a I, I can't remember her name. Uh, some family member who was like a gun-toting black cowboy in Virginia. And I, I wanted to see that. I want to have my eyes on that. Um, Raven is going to be featured. And listen, guys, I think that Raven, Karen and, and Ray's daughter, is really an underdog in the Bravo Kid canon, if you will. She really, like, follow her on Instagram. She's like... What we see on TV and what we get on her social media is vastly, vastly different. Like, she is Karen's daughter through and through on the show. And it's, like, very cute. They have their little relationship. She's, like, maybe even a little bit shy and not really wanting to be on camera. But, like, you guys, she is on Instagram, like, full Gen Z bad bitch giving you looks. She's taking vacations. She's, like she's really like the life of a, of a bad bitch. And I love to see it. She's my Gen Z icon, Raven Huger. And I have no problem saying that. And I'm not joking. I'm laughing, but I'm not joking. She's, she's, I see her and I'm like, Oh, I like her. I like her. She's like giving me uh like baby Solange without the music. And I, and I'm really into it. 
So yeah, Karen's uh, spinoff will be airing in April, I believe April 17th. Like I said, it'll be a two-parter, and I'm just really excited. I love Karen Huger. I really do. I like her energy, and she is, I was talking to my friends about this, like, she is down to clown. She's down to participate. She's she's present, and she's, like, in the action, and that's really what we love about Potomac as a whole, but specifically with, like, Karen and Giselle, they really have been able to navigate the housewives in such a refreshing way in that they can have their frenemyship with one another. They can um, get in there and get messy and fight and fuss and cuss and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, they have respect for each other. They have respect for the show. They understand that people are watching and it's not in a Lisa Rinna, like I'm just going to little fires everywhere myself (laughs) until we get some, um, content going, but it's, um, yeah, I, I really, really like Potomac. So if you guys somehow listen to this podcast and you haven't watched Potomac watch and also bing, bing, gong. Um, if you guys are looking at for a show that you haven't seen on Bravo yet that you want to binge married to medicine, you guys, that show is incredible. (laughs) Dr. Heavenly, I mean, how do you even describe a woman like Dr. Heavenly? I mean, she's, uh, y'all, what can I even say? Just watch Married to Medicine. Do it for me, okay? Do it for me. Um, Our second part of Can I Get a Hell Yeah is also Housewives related with my girl, Candy Burris. I, you guys have known me to say that I identify as a candy most of all. I am, you know, on the astrology chart, a triple candy through and through. I don't want to get into the mess, but if I do, I probably will cry. Where's the food? Leave me alone. Okay. I love Candy Burris. Okay. Um, she doesn't have, she speaks softly and carries a big stick. You know what I mean? She, she doesn't have to, but she will, you know? She doesn't have to, but she will. I am, like, a lot like Candy in the sense that, like, I know my power, okay? And I know not to yield it. Like, I could <laughs> ruin somebody. I would just, like, completely destroy their their um, their mental health, their self-esteem, <laughs> any sort of securities that they might have. And it would be very quick and it would be very effortless for me. And so I know that I can't do that. And so I, until I'm pushed to the edge. Okay. So I keep it cool and I'll we'll keep quiet, but just know that I could turn you into pil- a pillar of start- salt if, if needed at any, any given moment. And I would have no hesitation. I wouldn't even break a sweat doing it. So, um, that being said, Candy did an interview and she did, uh, she was a guest on, the It's Tricky with Raquel Harper, Harper podcast, and they're talking about the show, and they talked about specifically Phaedra. So uh, she laid up straight up says, Candy straight up says, if Phaedra were to come back to Real Houses of Atlanta, I would leave without a doubt it would happen, okay? Um, if you guys don't know what happened in season eight... Phaedra planted a seed with Portia and told Portia that 
there was a night in which Candy told Phaedra. Okay, let's follow this. So according to Phaedra, Candy tells Phaedra one day that, uh, that Candy and Todd had gone out on a night to the club with Portia. That apparently, allegedly, Candy then tells Phaedra, Candy, an international pop star, and has been for quite a while, songwriter, knows the business, knows the implications of poor behavior, told Phaedra, a lawyer, that she and her then, were they married at that point? I think so. At least fiance, maybe husband, um, drugged and raped Portia, tried to take advantage of her, took her down to like their sex dungeon and tried to make a do what it do. Okay. So Portia during that season of season eight tells Candy, Oh, you guys try to drug me and, and take advantage of me. And Candy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? So this leads to this whole rift. And we find out during the reunion that Portia Heard this from Phaedra. Now, Phaedra had been acting like she had no idea what those rumors were about this whole time. And it was just like truly one of the most shocking moments of television I've ever seen where Candy realizes that this whole rumor, this incredibly damaging, like could take you to jail. <laughs> Excuse me. Rumor um, was... what? (laughs) Like, I I still cannot wrap my mind around this. So this has become a great debate as to whether or not Candy should have, um, uh, should have, should have said something like that. And like, should Phaedra come back to the show? Absolutely not. Are you serious? Like, I don't, people have such short memories and they really think that this shit is whimsical. And I would just like to say like, really, let's think about this. Like, if you had to share time and camera time and energy and space and filming with somebody who accused you and who, like I said, as a lawyer, knew full well the implications of what she was doing. Like, you can't even say, like, oh, yeah, I messed up. And, like, no, like, you know the law. You know the law. You know what it's like. You are Bobby Brown's lawyer. You know what is good and what is bad, right? More than anybody. What a vile, unwell thing to do. I'm like, I'm not excited about Phaedra at all. I'm not excited about seeing her on Girls Trip. I don't, I find her very weird. I think it is very strange if people have this like very short term memory or at least like gentle memory of this. Like, it would be on site with me and Phaedra every time I saw her. Every time I would mush her right in her forehead. I would tell her about herself. Like, there would just be no, there would, you couldn't film us together. <laughs> like, it, it wouldn't be, there would be no issue. Like, I would be like, Todd, get the bail money ready because I'm going to dot her right in her forehead, right? Like, I, I, I <laughs> the fact that like Candy can even just like, speak about this eloquently and like calmly is, is a wonder and a real testament to who she is as a woman, because I would destroy Phaedra Parks's name. I would say all of the secrets, all the lies, all the rumors. I would have gone absolutely scorched earth on you're accusing me of drugging and raping somebody. 
doing you guys so like yeah again i don't understand why people would even debate candy on this it is whatever it's truly like i'm looking at people saying like oh girl give up you know candy's boring anyway what you know like whatever but like no no Literally somebody saying, get over it, girl. If anything, you should thank Phaedra for the free marketing you ran using with the dungeon, ran with using the dungeon theme. I've never heard of somebody being so, quote, hurt by accusations and making those same accusations a part of their brand. Like, I'm not even going to say who this person is, but like, ugh, ugh, that's like truly a vile thing to say. (laughs) All right, before I get to. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hot and start doxing people. <laughs> Let me uh, move on to, again, more Housewives news. This, you guys, was so shocking. So shocking. I... <laughs> It like it read like a creative writing assignment right out of page six. You guys, if you follow me on Instagram, I posted this, but like let's just get into what happened to one real housewives of New York's Luann Delaseps just the other night. Wow. Wow. Okay. So the fifty-six-year-old reality star who performs her own Countess Cabaret show already seems sozzled when she showed up at the piano bar townhouse in Manhattan on Wednesday night, witnesses say. She grabbed the mic and simply wouldn't stop. Says one source, Luann thought she was doing her act. She tried to sing her own song, Money Can't Buy You Class, but they didn't know it. They know standards. (laughs) The piano player was like, I didn't know the song, and she responded, it's a hit. And then in parentheses it says, the the critically trashed song apparently sold 19,000 digital copies. Of her 2010 auto-tune debut single that includes lines like Elegance is Learned, the snarky, so- snarky source sniffs. It's not a Cole Porter standard. It's not somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Undeterred, a liquored-up Della Sebs kept belting out jumbled versions of songs which were so intolerable that the crowd began booing her in front of stunned drag queens, including Tiffany Ann Coke, Coke Shiny Penny, Lauren Ordair and Chandelier, says another source. <laughs> Will anybody think of the drag queens? Okay. <laughs> so then it goes on to say that things took a turn for a worse when things took a turn for the worse when Luann began yelling at the gays. You don't know me. I'm a cabaret star. A video taken by the Patreon seen by St. 
uh, page six says she's saying fuck you to the mic while screaming while singing and the tipster tells page six that Deliceps yelled at the other patrons on the microphone and then was thrown out for getting aggressive with the bar's customers <sighs> then it goes on to say a probably very hungover Deliceps ex- explained to page six on thursday through an intermediary i was at rehearsals all day yesterday for our upcoming cabaret show at 54 below and then went to dinner with broadway producers we were in a celebra- celebratory mood and drinking champagne. She then said that she went to Townhouse with Tony Award winning Kinky Boots producer Jim Kierstead around 1030. And there were a bunch of people singing and it was a fun, boisterous crowd. I got up and sang a few Broadway songs they were playing. I realized I was a little bit tipsy, but we were having fun and it was getting late. I'd been rehearsing and I was in the mood to f- sing a few songs. Then Jim said to me, Lou, I have an early rehearsal. And then we left around 1130 or midnight. Um, but according to this kinky boots guy, after a birthday party for a uh, New York theater personality, Luann and I went to the townhouse for a nightcap. She was met by her legions of fans and was convinced to sing for them. I was finally able to bring her home as I had an early Thursday morning for the workshop of a new musical. Of course, she was the belle of the ball as usual. Okay. Um, so, I mean, this story on the surface is funny, but then, you know, we think that for years now, Luann's been struggling with her sobriety and her inability to take control when she's drinking. And so while it is funny, I mean, like, the idea of her trying to sing Money Can't Buy You class to a crowd of people who didn't know the song, like, that's just funny to me uh, on itself. But, like, it's also very dark and it's sad. So a day ago or two days ago, as you're listening to this, Luann did post on Instagram, this week after a regrettable incident, I was forced with faced with the truth. I want to apologize to the staff at Townhouse and anybody else I may have offended by my behavior. Clearly, my struggles with alcohol are real. While I've made great strides over the years, there's been times I've fallen. It's one day at a time. I'm in recovery and taking steps to ensure this doesn't happen again. I'm grateful to my family and my friends for their constant support. Sincerely, Luann. Now, we support you, Lou. Like, you know, I feel for her because that's like... Nobody wants to even have people whispering about, like, the embarrassing shit that they did, much less have it reported in this way on page six. Like, I would be very embarrassed. I I do feel really bad for her, and I hope she is okay. Because, like, last year her whole season was about the Fosé and, like, the I really can't be drinking, I know this now, and, you know, I... Yeah, it, it's just it's just sad. It's just really sad because she seems to have like a genuine problem and be ashamed of herself. And, and, you know, I don't want people to feel shame surrounding any sort of struggle that they have. So we love you, Lou. Well, we want you to be sober, Lou, you know, and that's really the most important thing. All right, moving on to some just absolutely devastating news. Okay, my childhood has been ripped from me. And all of our childhoods have too. If you guys grew up as a Maury child, a child of Maury, <laughs> a COM, a child of Maury Povich, it's a bad day. We're, we're bad. It has officially been canceled after three decades on the air. Despite the fact that I have not watched Maury, um, 
probably since like high school. I'm devastated. Okay. (laughs) I loved that show. I just loved the whole just like gawker aspect of it all. Like, let's just run down the greatest hits of like, you know, I used to be a nerd, but now I'm a hottie. Um, Fat babies. Ugh. Just like severely obese children who want to eat like a 20 piece chicken nugget in the morning. They're like, you know, just like, oh God, we really had it. Uh, you know, you are not the father. Need I say more? Okay. Just running. Even to this day, I will look at any video that does like the so-and-so you are not the father. Like if it's pet related and the pet just goes running through the house, uh, it gets me every time. It gets me every time. It's so funny. <laughs> So we love you, Maury. We love Maury Povich. I mean, he was really the king of mess and a sensible, you know, Tom, Tommy Hilfiger sweater. And, you know, shout out to you, sir. You really deserve. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still laughing. Cause I'm thinking like, remember all those times that he would like, <laughs> like somebody would be afraid of like pickles. And he'd be like, um, Angela. You've had a fear of pickles for how long? She's like, since I was four. And what is it about pickles that terrify you? I don't know. It's just very scary to me. All right, producers, bring out seven tons of pickles. And she just comes screaming. (laughs) What What an exploitative uh, journey. You know, we're not going to get a time like that again. We're not, we're not, you know, I'm grateful to be in the, in the world of like woke and more sensitivity and all of that. But like, you know, am I, I'm not going to sit here and, and joke with you guys and pretend like I didn't enjoy the idea of like a child going to um, some sort of uh, scared straight program. Like that was funny to me. I took a lot of delight in that. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest about that. So <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. And, um, you know, RIP the Maury Povich show, RIP. Um, gosh, he must have like the best cameraman, the most athletic cameraman <laughs> in the television industry, having to hold like a, a professional camera and just run while, um, Tyrone just realized that he was not the father. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. Um. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, moving on to our our final segment. I, I held on to this because it's a special one for me. It really is. Okay, you guys, I 
I had to talk about Caroline Calloway, okay? Like, I know that I don't talk about her too much. I know that, like, a lot of you guys don't know who she is. A lot more of you do not care. But you know what? I'm I'm uh, enacting this is my podcast rules. And so I get to talk about whatever the hell I want, okay? And frankly, this story was entertaining to me. It is the only logical conclusion to the Caroline Calloway um, saga. But yet, I'm still a little surprised. <laughs> Maybe maybe surprise is not the right word. Maybe it's just more like agog. Agog would be a good word for it. So if you guys don't know, I'll just give you a quick cliff notes on Caroline Calloway. She attempted to be an influencer many years ago, writing long captions on her Instagram, right? She bought followers. She um, turned herself into a brand and it, almost could have worked if only Caroline was ambitious at all. Okay. So this chick also had grand dreams of this sort of like ultra privileged upper echelon, just like very white, uh, you know, going to Cambridge, going to these elite institutions, private schools as a way of like, clout chasing, thinking that she's better than people, what have you, right? Um, From there, she tried to uh, do these workshops is when people really got uh, Caroline on the radar. So she was trying to do these workshops and the way that many millennials were a few years ago, you know, I'm going to tell you how I do it all. I'm going to tell you how I'm girl bossing, right? She is also very, um, she has a signature with these flowers in her hair and all of that. So these workshops were supposed to be national, might be even international. And they quickly went from, you know, fantastic idea to flop. Um, The grandiose ideas that she had, you know, ended up being nothing more than a wilted salad in a mason jar and one flower that everybody was going to share in a picture with her after the event, okay? Um, So she got caught up in the whole, like, Summer of Scammer, the Firefest, the Anna Delvies, the Elizabeth Holmes, if you will. By the way, you guys, I'm so into the dropout. I'm so invested in the world of the dropout. It's so good. If you guys haven't watched it, mm, just beautiful. Anyway, um, so she got a lot of clout or a lot of internet attention for being a quote unquote scammer in with regard to her workshops. And she leveraged that into, Oh, I'm going to be writing a book. She got a book deal. Um, the book never came to fruition. She has promised so many books at this point, there should be like a, a whole volume of it for all the books that she's promised. She has, um, taken people's money. She sold, uh, you know, art paintings and by art, I mean things that she drew on a paper and called art. Um, I, she's just a mess, just an absolute mess. She's fascinating in her never ending quest for relevancy that never quite gets to fruition. So suffice to say, there's a lot more that I could say about Caroline Calloway. Just, uh, you know, uh, Go on over to the Liz Explains It All uh, podcast, Patreon. Liz and I talk about it. We've talked about it a couple times, and that'll be all the information you need on Caroline. Okay, so now, Caroline also, I forgot, she's like in New York, or was a New Yorker, right? She'd been living in New York this whole time for like 10 years, off and on, had this apartment in the West Village, and it, it sort of became like folklore, this like, she wanted it to be 
kind of almost like Andy Warhol's factory where, you know, like-minded individuals, the downtown glitterati scene would come and she would be like the queen of, you know, the downtown New York scene, right? Um, didn't end up happening. She ended up getting eaten alive for pretty much everybody. Her reputation in New York and really at large is like that of somebody who is desperate, desperate, desperate to be friends with people who don't really care about her. And it's actually pretty sad for certainly a woman who is in her thirties at this point. Okay. So she recently moved out of her apartment and, uh, was telling everybody that she is going back down to Florida to, uh, take care of her 95 year old grandmother and live there and work on this book that we all know is not ever going to come to be. Okay. Uh, there was another individual named Rachel Rabbit White, who is a former sex worker, former escort, I believe. Um, now married to a guy whose life is based on, he's got a movie about him. I think it's called Cherry. I think it's called Cherry. He's a former, uh, formerly incarcerated for being a, uh, bank robber. Okay. Yeah. Man who really thought that, <laughs> He would walk into a bank in any part of the 2000s and think that that was a good idea and that he wouldn't get caught. Okay, that's another conversation we're another day. So Rachel takes over this apartment. It is a disaster. It's giving hoarders. It's giving like when they move everything out of a hoarder's house and like the floor is disgusting. She had a smoke damage on her refrigerator that you could see like the magnets, like where the magnets used to be. Um just she painted her microwave blue like a sky blue color um halfway not the whole way painted her flat her floors white uh but not everywhere just like she didn't pick up everything from the floor before she painted it so like some of it has like spaces where she put like piles of her dirty clothes and where you can see the original wood and the white that is there is like i would hardly say it's white at this point it's clearly been ran through um the apartment was disgusting okay so this chick takes over the lease thinking that everything's above board and the she spoke to the landlord and the company that owns the building. She thought everything was fine. She was wrong. She was wrong. So it came out on um, this website, patch.com. And the headline is in the real estate section, influencer Caroline Calloway owes $40,000 in rent, according to her village landlord. Whew. It's like, it's like making me anxious just to know that she owes that much money. So she stands accused of uh, skipping out on a $40,000 worth of rent for her apartment. Um, The landlord is also accusing her of trying to illegally sublet the apartment to Rachel. And (laughs) they're basically screwed. So according to this... uh, lawsuit. She never sought permission to sublet the apartment. There have been complaints by the tenants of the building saying that there are four people living in this studio apartment, that there have been noise complaints, and it's just been like a really bad situation. So apparently Caroline's rent was about 2714 a month for the um, me, studio that she's been living in for like the better part of a decade, right? According to this suit, she has not paid her rent 
since September of 2020. So she owes $40,844.56 in rent as of March 1st. Um, they've not been able to reach out to Galloway. I'm sure she's, uh, who knows where she is. So, um, a few days before she moved out, like a few days before this article came out. So this article was going to come out anyway. Um, Rachel's obviously upset because she thought she was in an above board situation. But from what I'm hearing, um, Rachel was saying that the building had issued a restraining order against her on behalf of the building. So she's not allowed back in there. Um, it, listen, this whole decision seems like uh, a Coke a decision on everybody's part because Rachel and Caroline did not have really a much of a relationship um, prior to her taking over this lease or thinking that she's going to take over this lease. It just sounds like everybody stayed up way too late blowing lines and Caroline was like, you know what? I'm going to leave <laughs> not knowing or them, you know, not divulging the information that she could not afford to live there anymore. And she probably knew that this uh, summons was going to be happening. Now, a lot of people, well, okay, let me, let me I'll get to that later. But then Rachel was like, yeah, girl, take over your decision and take over your uh, sublease and uh, you know, we'll get it popping. And then she goes to this like hell mouth in the West village and is like, yeah, I don't really think this is for me. It's very confusing why Rachel would even decide to take this on, given that she owns a home and also other apartments in the city. I think she owns a home in Mississippi, but also has residences in New York, if I'm not mistaken. So why she would want to take over this disgusting little studio <laughs> to operate as like some sort of pied -a that she doesn't need is... You know, it just doesn't really make sense. Like, why did you even take this on? And why didn't you go about it? I mean, she says that, like, because her husband is a, a, a felon that, like, I guess they have a hard time getting leases, but, like, she can also pay cash. So just, like, pay the cash then. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense why she decided to take this on. But now she's in a whole slew of trouble, even though she paid a month rent. Um, It's just, like, a just a really weird situation. So like I said, Caroline is nowhere to, to be seen. Um, who knows what's going to happen to her? She has nothing. Nobody, nobody leaves New York to take care of their um, grandmother at the very last minute, unless she knows that she's being hunted. You know what I mean? Like nobody, nobody's going to do that. She knew what was coming for her and she decided to flee. And I just don't know, like, how do you, She's really painted herself into a corner, like much like that dingy <laughs> white floor. She's painted herself into a corner and I don't understand, like, what is she going to do, you guys? Like, do you imagine? Oh, and on top of this, you guys, did I say that she had um, on top of the $40,000, another 25000 in fees that she owes? So we're not talking about sixty six grand that she owes this uh, building property. And like, I don't want to say, you know, far beat for me, I would be the last person to say that um landlords deserve rights but like <laughs> she really she really socked it to them in a real real way um ah, you guys like what is she gonna do how you can't come back to the internet and be like hey guys <laughs> you know like what are you gonna do they can't garnish her wages she doesn't make money she doesn't make money. The grift is over. She can't like pretend like, oh, I've made this thing or I'm doing that and I'm gonna sell that. No, it's not gonna happen. Like what is this woman going to do?
And with that, you guys can leave a leave a comment on the episode posting on Instagram. Let me know. What do you think Caroline Calloway's next move is? Ugh. With that, thank you guys for joining me on this mini episode. Nope, not so many, actually. But uh, yeah, we'll be back later in the week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Bye.